this is an amazing season that we're in, and, uh, and we're getting ready for a new season to take place, and, and, and on God's calendar, not our calendar, but on God's calendar. I think God's calendar probably trumps our calendar any day of the week, right? When God has something on His uh, schedule, I believe we can count on Him doing it, and it's coming up next Wednesday as we're preparing for a new season here, and uh, next Wednesday we'll be uh, Rosh Hashanah, sundown, and uh, we'll be having the Feast of Trumpets on God's calendar. What an amazing time uh, to know when you understand what all this is. Kind of look at the uh, seven feasts that God has set up uh, for us. I have a chart here for you, and uh, we know these four that have already taken place. Passover, which uh, corresponds with our Resurrection Sunday, and Jesus being crucified, the death of Christ as the death of the Passover lamb, and uh, then unleavened bread and first fruits corresponds with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What an amazing time that is every year when we celebrate He is risen. He is risen indeed. And then 50 days later we saw Pentecost take place which ushered in a power age, a power time of transformation, of advancing the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven we now had the blood of the Passover lamb, not the one on four legs, but the one on two legs that was shed for us. Everything that God had planned and purposed and shadowed and typed in the Old Testament now could be fulfilled in its fullness uh, in and through this New Testament church age. So you and I were born in Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost. Baptism of the Holy Spirit came upon those in the upper room. The presence and the power and the anointing and the wisdom of God now came and dwelt in man for because God had a plan during this church age to advance his kingdom like never before. And you and I are a part of that. And uh, we, we, should, we should know our purpose and our destiny is advancing the kingdom of God here on earth, sharing the love of Jesus, not only with our words, but with our lifestyle and with our actions. And uh, this is a tremendous time. So, so all of these are, have brought us up to the current day but we know there's three more feasts to take place, and they not the spring feast, but the fall feast are yet going to be fulfilled. As much as, Jesus, as God predicted and told us and prophesied uh, that His Son would come, and there's not one bone in His body would be broken, and then we know Jesus hung on the cross, and not one body, bone in His body was broken. The soldier actually pierces a sword through his side rather than breaks their, his legs. Everything that was promised was fulfilled Everything that God said would happen happened exactly the way He said it would happen. So you and I can know if the four of, uh, spring feasts have been fulfilled and God has us here in this church age preparing for the fall feast to come into fruition, they are going to be fulfilled as well. You can, you can know it. And God gives these to us in His Word that we would celebrate these feasts so that we wouldn't forget what He has done and we would not forget what He is yet to do. So what is now right on the cuff here is the Feast of Trumpets, and this is the first of the fall feasts that uh, we will begin next Wednesday at sunset. We will uh, begin to celebrate right here on God's calendar, not our Gregorian calendar, but on God's Hebraic calendar uh, as He has given to us in His Word. And that corresponds and correlates with the rapture of the church. And so we know that the rapture of the church has not taken place yet, but God does not want us to forget that he has a plan that in the twinkling of an eye that the dead in Christ shall rise first and we who are alive and remain in Christ shall be caught up to meet him in the air and forever be with the Lord. There's going to be a rapture that takes place. 
It says that the, last, the, the sound of the last trumpet, and that last trumpet is definitely not the, trump, the trumpets that open up for judgment in the tribulation period. If you understand Rosh Hashanah uh, with the Feast of Trumpets, they would blow the trumpet from the main camp, and there were millions of people camped to the north, south, and east, and west, and they couldn't hear the trumpet at the main camp. So priests, uh, they had, they had uh, duties that they were to listen to the main camp, and when they would hear the trumpet at hearing distance to them, then they would blow the trumpet in the direction of those who could not hear, and this would be relayed until the last trumpet was heard, and then everybody that heard that trumpet call, Rosh Hashanah, came to them at that time. And they measure, um, we measured Sabbaths and uh, sabbaticals, and you measured Jubilees with the year of, uh, the, with the time of the year of Rosh Hashanah. So it was very important to be able to hear the trumpet. So the Bible tells us in the New Testament that when the last uh, sound of the trumpet comes, that the dead in Christ shall be raised first, and that we who are remaining alive and remain shall be called up to be with the Lord. So there's a rapture going to take place. So Rosh Hashanah is to remind us to be ready, that be any time now God could let the sound of the trumpet go out in the twinkling of an eye, however fast that is, before you can blink your eye, we're going to be caught up to be with the Lord in the air. I don't know about you, but that's an exciting time knowing that God has that for us and that we should be living on the edge of destiny, not wanting to waste time and not wanting to in any way cause trouble and cause the opposite to be experienced here on earth for, God's, uh, for the world, we need to shine the light of God's love and we need to witness and we need to be ready because the rapture is taking place. And then 10 days after Rosh Hashanah leads into Yom Kippur, which would be the Day of Atonement, which would be that one day when the high priest would go in uh, to the Holy of Holies and he would make the atonement sacrifice before Christ with blood for the whole nation. And here we know that uh, for that uh, is yet to come, day of atonement is yet to come, Yom Kippur, um, where Jesus is going to bring forth full, his full revelation of his atonement that's going to take place to actually transform even this world. And then that will lead into him coming and dwelling with us forever. The millennial reign of Christ uh, would be the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot's, uh, I've got a uh, hoopah that I bought many years ago, and during when we get to these, uh, we're going to actually be setting up the hoopah and the ketubah, and we're going to do all, I'm going to give you some, some Jewish hands-on lesson, uh, not necessarily from the Jewish uh, heritage, but from the biblical uh, uh, Old Testament heritage of the pictures that, Jesus, or that God drew of Jesus uh, in and through the Old Testament. And uh, so we're going to have some hands-on uh, demonstrations here in the days to come. So how, how, I don't know about you, but I'm just excited because all of this is yet to come to pass. Just like God did what he did, he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And uh, we just want to go forth in, in preparation. So I've entitled this message tonight, Preparing for a New Season. And in Isaiah 43, 18, beginning at verse 18 or 19, he says this, Do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. Behold, God says, behold, I will do something new. Don't you love that about God? That God says, I'm not just going to keep you in a rut. You follow me, you're going to find that I'm a God, I'm a creative God, and I'm going to do even some things that are new. I'm going to do something new, and now it will spring forth. And he's speaking about this time of the year, this season, that going into this new year, 
He said it's going to spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? Well, here at Christian Embassy, we can answer that. Yes, we will. Yes, we will, because God, we study Your Word and we listen to the teaching of Your Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to make a roadway in the wilderness. Somebody's been going through a tough time. You've been going to a jungle and it looked like there was no roadway. There's no preparation. There's no way to get through this. God said, I'm going to blaze a trail. I'm going to blaze a trail for you. I'm going to make a roadway in the wilderness. And I'm going to bring rivers in the desert. The place where it looks like the last thing you could ever find would be water. He says, I'm going to do that when you're in a circumstance and situation. And it looks like the furthest thing from, from, from that, uh, that, that is currently present, the furthest thing from your mind, that it's like it, the hardest miracle of all would be for this to happen. God says, that's what's going to happen. He said, I'm going to do it. The toughest thing where your mind would say, this can't happen. I'm in a desert and there's no water in the desert. God said, rivers. I'm bringing rivers. You're in a wilderness and you say, there's no open paths here. God says, I'm going to cut a road there because I'm a God that's going to do a new thing. Praise God. And all of this is in correlation with God's calendar of when he's, he's, the prophet is speaking and giving us God's heart of when God wants to do this. And it's all during the new year of Rosh Hashanah. Like I said, September 20th through the 22nd of this year, 2017, uh, is Rosh Hashanah. It's our Hebrew year. Uh, if you would just um, go to the next slide here, it's going to be 5,778. So, so according to the records that's been kept, and God's given us his, the Word, and when you read in the Old Testament and how God measures the calendar, all that's been calculated, we're at year 5,778. So if that be correct, we, this is saying 5,778 years since Adam and Eve were created, since mankind was created here on this earth. So uh, we're coming up on the year 6,000, and in six days God uh, worked, and on the seventh he rested. So you see, we may be off some years here, so we may be closer to the 6,000 than we think. And uh, we know around 6,000 would be, if you were to really be a numbers person, would be the year the rapture should take place. <clears throat> but there's some gaps in there where they don't know if it was 100 years or 200 years or 300 years. So there is a, a room for error about 250 to 300 years. So, so we know with that window of error here, we could be at any moment, any moment, this could be the year uh, of the rapture, of the trumpet sound, of the Rosh Hashanah, where God does that new thing that He's going to do in heaven and on earth. So that's why we should live on leaning forward with anticipation and, and expectancy. God says, you know, don't ask for the day or the hour. He said, but my people will know the times and the seasons. You're going to know the times, you're going to know the seasons of my return because you're going to figure out his, how He laid it out. And, and it's through these feasts that we have this. And I don't know about you, but this puts a smile on my face. This means that the world, uh, the people, uh, uh, the spirits, the devils thinks that they can turn the world against us and they're going to get the upper hand. But I'm just smiling. I'm smiling. I say, God is going to get the last say in this. God, what he said he's going to do, he's going to do. And in the end, victory is going to be on heaven and earth. Hallelujah. And you and I get to be a part of that. 
When you look at, and if you wanted to ever do a study of the Gregorian calendar compared to the Hebraic calendar and see how it all correlates, it's an amazing study. Uh, you have to get into Judaism. who They have spent the most of their time trying to keep the records and all the annals of history up to date. But if you study Judaism, it has several new years just like we have several new years. Let me give you an example here in America. We have a new year that starts January 1. And uh, we do our celebration. It's a new year. We make our New Year's. Uh, what, what is it we make? our? What is it? Resolution. Really? That's what we say they are, right? <laughs> it's not necessarily what we do. But we make our New Year's resolutions. And we say we're going to do this. And we're not going to do this in this new year. Uh, we just started another new year just probably last week for a lot of people. And that's the new school year. And we know that usually comes around uh, the, you know, the day after Labor Day has been traditionally what it is. I know some schools have veered off from that, but we know September comes around. It's usually the new school year. We understand that. Many businesses have fiscal years, and their fiscal year could start and come uh, with an annual renewal whatever time of the month they've set it up for, but it wouldn't be January. It would be some fiscal year. Uh, we know for elections, uh, let's say presidential elections, we have presidential elections every four years uh, in November, and then we have the inauguration in January. So we measure our presidents and the rulers, those that we put in the leadership in our country uh, and in our Senate and in our House of Representatives with, there's a political calendar that when that comes around, it's time for uh, re-election to take place. So we understand different years and how they're set up. Well, in Judaism, it's the same thing. In Judaism, you've got Nisan 1, which is for the purpose of counting the reign of kings. It would be kind of like our political and our Senate and our House of Representatives calendar. So we know when they came in, when they go out, if they have a four-year term or two-year term, we know how to measure that. In Judaism, you'll read in the Old Testament, and it'll talk about the day of Nisan 1 and, and so forth. Uh, that's how it's measuring that, the political arena of the reign of kings. Then there's uh, Elul 1, which usually comes around in August, and that's the new year for the, uh, the Hebraic calendar for the tithing of animals. And uh, so it's almost like our business fiscal year, and you kind of count your records and say, have I, have I tithed uh, fully this year and preparing to tithe fully for the next year? It's kind of when you check your books and make sure. You know, at the end of the year, we try to send a a giving statement to all of you so you can kind of see where you are and if, you, if you're not where you, you told the Lord you were going to be then you have time to make sure before the new year comes you can do that. Well that's kind of what Elul is and you'll see that reference throughout the Old Testament. Then there's also Shavat 15 which is in February and that's the new year for trees you could say uh, where they would determine first fruits. So it was more the agricultural year. Uh, because first fruits was important. They knew they were going to give the first fruit to the Lord, that God said the first fruit belongs to me. And if you'll honor me with the first fruit, I'll bless the rest. So they would actually measure it uh, to know when first fruits were coming so they would have that prepared. Don't you want to get that prepared in your giving? I mean, you're thinking way out when you're starting your job that when that first, that first profit comes in, that first check comes in, that you're going to be able to bring that first fruit unto the Lord and, uh, and so that God can bless the rest of what you're doing. So what a great uh, setup that God has here. And then there's uh, Tishrai 1, which is Rosh Hashanah. 
And that new year is the new year of years. It's like our January 1. So when you read in the Old Testament, Tishra, it's talking about the measurement in the calendar of the new year uh, so that you know what year you're in. And in this particular year we're going into next Wednesday is 5,778 here. Now, from Tishra, you'll see in the Scripture, sabbaticals are uh, uh, measured. So if you're going to have a sabbatical on the seventh year, it would be measured from Tishra. It would begin then and end then. And then there was uh, also jubilees would be measured. So if that 50th year is a jubilee, it would all be measured from Tishra 1. And also it was called the day of repentance and the day of sounding of the shofar. That's why it's called the feast of trumpets, which is the sounding out the, the sound of the shofar, which is a call to repentance. We're getting ready for the new year. We don't want to bring any of the old, any of the sin, any of the bondage, Anything of the, of the past, we don't want to bring that into our new year. We don't want to taint. We don't want to corrupt. We don't want to in any way impede on our new year anything. And God has offered forgiveness if we'll repent. So the trumpet sounds and says a call to repentance for us. And how important that is even in this day and age, even in the 21st century, it's a time I believe that God loves it when we come before Him and repent. We change our mind. We say, God, we've been doing this and it's displeasing to you. We're going to stop that. Lord, we know that this is not honoring you. We're going to change. We change our mind. We change our walk. We change our way in repentance. I ask you tonight, is there anything in your life that you don't want to bring into the new year? Is there any baggage? Is there any pain? Is there any junk? Is there any sin? Is there any violation to the will of God? Is there anything that's hurting you or hurting others that you don't want to bring into the new year? You want to start fresh. Well, you need to repent. You need to come to God and say, God, I place this before you. I ask for your forgiveness, Lord. And, and I've changed my mind and I've changed my heart. And I, and I am walking away from this stuff. I'm leaving it here on the altar. And believe you me, if you'll leave it on the altar, God can take care of it. He can take care of it there. You can't, but He can. So, so once repentance is made, Rosh Hashanah, the new year, then there's 10 days ahead leading into Yom Kippur, where is the Day of Atonement, and that is when uh, that day of, the days of awe would be uh, manifested. So we would see the favor of God. So then we begin to go into the favor of the new year, go into the blessing of the new year, go into the provision of God uh, supernaturally for the new year. So Rosh Hashanah plays a very, very important part. I like to look at Rosh Hashanah as the thermostat for the rest of the year. It sets the thermostat for the rest of the year. How, why do you think it's all working out that we're having David's tent, we're going to be here worshiping, we're going to be celebrating during this time, we are setting the thermostat that's going to affect the rest of your year. The prayers, the praise, the giving. How cool is it that the closing date of this property for God's property changed and we didn't even realize it and it falls during this time frame 
a time frame where we can give sacrificially to advance God's physical kingdom on earth so that we can advance His spiritual kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. It all is part of us sacrificing and giving, just like they measured and they gave their gifts and the praise and the worship and the repentance. All of this is coming right in correlation with this timing this year for us here. And when we participate in a good way, we are setting the thermostat for the rest of the year. Now, I pray that you would not go into this new year as a thermometer, but rather a thermostat, because a thermometer only takes on its environment. It only shows you what's going on, but a thermostat touch, reaches in to power source beyond the environment and brings that power source to play so that it can change the environment. Hallelujah. And that's what we as Christians are to do. So let us participate in this Rosh Hashanah. I want to pack this place out next Wednesday. I would just pray that we could pack this place out on a Wednesday night as the sun goes down and we begin to celebrate, celebrate Rosh Hashanah. Please make it priority that you'll be in the house of God setting the thermostat for the rest of your year here celebrating His presence and His goodness and His mercy. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, we're looking at 5,778 is the year that we're moving into. It's like uh, with the sevens, we see that we've gone full circle. Uh, it's a full circle of life. And then when the eight comes on the end, eight is the number of new beginnings in the Scripture. So it's like we've made the full circle and the maturity, so now we can sprout forth into a new beginning. So you need to, by faith, begin to expect a higher heights, new experiences, a high, next level living for you as you go into this next year. It is God's prophetic word for you. It is God's plan for you. Looking back over the last seven years, uh, you can see what God has, He's been faithful, but He wants you to trust Him more now to take you to a higher height. This eight means I want to take you to another level. I want a, a new beginning, a new place. Your soles of your feet have never trod. I want to take you there. I've got better things for you. Your life is good now, but I've got better things for you, saith the Lord. This is an exciting year that we are moving into. Now, the last seven years was a very prophetic season for us, a season where the Lord has revealed insights and perceptions and divine notions and divine arrangements and revelations concerning a, a spiritual era and, and a great transition for the church. It's been, it's been prophetically, uh, we've been seeing it from mountaintop to mountaintop, what God is wanting to do in these last days with His church. Just like in the first days when there was the great outpouring of the day of Pentecost, there was such a, it changed the city. And then the cities they went in, the Bible says that they were turned upside down. The church turned the cities upside down for the Lord, or right side up for the Lord. Well, uh, what God did in the beginning, He wants to do in the end. That means as things are going to wrap up, and God's going to rapture the church. Before the rapture of the church, there's going to be a great outpouring. There's going to be a great revival that takes place. And people look and say, it's desert, it's wilderness. He said, do not look on the days of old. I'm a God that's going to do a new thing for you. 
He says, am I not the God that's going to blaze a road through this wilderness? I'm going to make it happen. It doesn't look like it can happen, but it looks like the day of the church ages is getting uh, less and less and less vocal. He said, but I'm going to blaze a trail. And he says, and I'm going to cause water, rivers of water to spring up in the desert. It looks like America and it looks like Asia and it looks like parts around the world in Europe have grown dry. He said, but I'm going to spring forth a river. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going with what God says and I'm going to see what God says rather than see what is in the natural. Because what God says is going to override the natural. The natural can't change God, but God can change the natural. And I want to stick with God, and I want to stick with His prophetic voice and what He has said and what He is saying that He has done. He said, we have now completed the cycle of shaking. There's been a shaking that has been taking place, and great change awaits us. Great change awaits your family. It awaits your finances. He says, but flexibility and acute submission to the Holy Spirit is required for this new season. That we can't be stiff. We can't hold on to sacred cows. We can't say this is how it's always been done. He said, I'm pouring out new wine. The old wineskins can't hold it. They're not flexible enough. But I'm saying to you that you need to be flexible and you need to be with a, a sense of acute submission to the Holy Spirit. That this new, this new season... It's going to be the Holy, it's going to be Holy Ghost inspired and Holy Ghost empowered. And we're not going to walk by sight, but we're going to walk by faith and we're going to walk by the power of the Spirit of God. I'm speaking to somebody's spirit here tonight and you're getting a little excited. Your spirit man's getting excited because your spirit man has been hearing what the Spirit of God has been saying and this Word is confirming it in you. He said, now is the time to build and to lay hold of everything uh, we saw in the last season. He said, now is the time. The last seven years has been spent with revelation and proclamation of vision. The next seven years will involve in build, will building and embracing what we have seen in vision become reality. That which you've been confessing and that which you've been, you've been saying that this is what God is saying. And it looks like it's not going to happen. God said, don't you give up on it. Don't you get weary in well-doing because you're going to reap. This is the season of reap. This is the year of five, seven, seven, eight. He says, I'm taking you full circle. There's been, there's been some delay for maturation, for maturity. And that seven year of maturity and that process is, is now going to spring you forth into this new beginning that we have. I believe God is saying we're entering into a, a, a clearer and a better understanding of an apostolic season uh, for the church and for His work here on earth. A light invading darkness season is what I see, where light is going to invade darkness and bring forth total transformation, a blazing a new trail season, and opening up new opportunities. Don't be afraid of new opportunities. There's, this is God opening up new opportunities and new possibilities and new territories, I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, is going to be opened up. I'm already claiming that for Christian Embassy. We've been seeing and hearing, be prepared, that Christian Embassy was going to become a covering and an apostolic church and we would be establishing Christian embassies in, in other cities and other territories and in other nations of the world and we've been preparing and we've been writing ourselves and getting the home base ready and I believe this is the season of that springing forth 
just like you see the circle releasing that we're going to take uh, the ministry of this house, not only in television, not only with, with uh, 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 the internet, and not only with uh, the, all these other access that we have of reaching out, but physically planting uh, uh, Christian embassies around the world. So I say it's a time for us to arise and a time for us to shine and fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. I believe this is the year. Rosh Hashanah, this is the time, this is the season that God is calling us to. Yes, we've had glimpses of this apostolic season over these past seven years, but now it's going to come into more maturity at a whole new level. Because of the maturity, it's coming at a whole new level. And here's what I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, that love will be the greatest key for the church in the next seven years. Because without love, we are nothing. And we can accomplish everything that we accomplish profits us nothing without love. 1 Corinthians 13 is going to become the heartbeat of the house of God. It's going to become the heartbeat of the men and women of God. Love is our greatest aim. And in order for us to uh, come to full measure, if I could say it that way, of this apostolic season, love needs to be perfected in and by and through the church. A day of gossip and a day of backbiting and a day of clicks and a day of excluding others and a day of fault finding and a day of, of, of turning in on oneself within the body of Christ is over. We have matured. We've come through that time of maturation and we see that our purpose is bigger than, our, than the small little foxes that are trying to, small, to spoil the vine. We're going forward. There's souls at stake. Eternity is at stake. And God is positioned us and, and empowered us for such a time as this. And I believe that everything that is not love and not of true faith will be shaken. I believe God's going to act in a more serious way than ever in this new season. He will not let it corrupt this new season. If love doesn't move into this new season and faith doesn't move into this new season, He's going to shake it off. He's not going to let that rancid fruit corrupt the fresh fruit of what He is doing in and through His uh, church. I believe God said that love is what's going to open the heart of nations to us, the Word of God and the Spirit of God. So we must, we must take hold of the love that we have in the Word of God and the love of God, and we must embrace that as we move forward. Preparing for this new year. Rosh Hashanah, we're preparing for this new year. And in your preparation, uh, in many ways, you need to determine how you will be influenced over this next year because the Lord is waiting to pour fresh oil out upon you. The Lord says, as you come up into this new, and by faith you said, here am I. I want to be used in this new season, this new year. The Lord says, I've got fresh oil. I'm going to anoint you with fresh oil. Some of you have operated in the anointing before, and God said, this fresh oil. It's, it's, it's more potent than any oil you've ever operated in. Anything you've ever done, anything you've ever seen God do, in and through you, God says, because of your maturity, He says, you're going to be released into a newer and a higher level than ever before. You're going to operate with a higher level of anointing than you've been operating in. I don't know about you, but that excites me. Hallelujah. This fresh anointing that will both lift the burden or the weight of that which has been holding you back. 
That thing that's been holding you back, put it at the altar tonight. Leave it here before God tonight. Don't carry the weight of that uh, out of here because let me tell you what, the anointing wants to take that burden off of you. And it wants to destroy the yoke, the Bible says, that's been holding you back. What's been holding you back? Has it been a spirit? Has it been an attitude? Has it been a, a substance? Has there been a substance that has been like a, a ball in a chain that has been holding you back? Are there relationships like a, a ball in a chain that's been holding you back? We're not talking about your marriage now, okay? We're talking about relationships outside of marriage and the covenant that God gave you that, that has been holding you back. What is it that's been holding you back? Has it been alcohol? Has it been drugs? Has it been other things? Has it been uh, 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 the lust of the flesh? And you've just been chained and you just, you just operate by that desire. Let me tell you what, this new anointing is an anointing that will break the yoke. It will break the yoke. It will lift the burden if you'll come before the Lord and repent. As he said, he says, I'll pour this fresh new oil on you and you can lift up and go in the power of my anointing into this new season. Yes, this is coming into Rosh Hashanah. Yes, we're preparing for this new season. Yes, the year 5778, a year full cycle or the full circle of the life sprouting forth into a next level, newer, higher level and a new beginning that God has for us. Hallelujah. How prophetic and how powerful what God has for us. So I want to give you several things to do because I know we need to participate in the preparation. If you were having someone come over to your house, you would be preparing your house. You would be preparing. Most of the men would be outside working to clean up around the house and the garage and get the yards cut. Families coming in town. We've got guests coming in town. And most of the ladies, it's not necessarily this way. It can be vice versa or a combination of the both, would be in there cleaning the house and getting the food prepared. Like I said, it might be a, a blended effort on both sides. It, it, this day and age, that's okay. Everything of that is fine. But, but we would be doing something in preparation for our guests to be coming. Well, God wants us to be per, uh, participating in preparation for this new year next Wednesday at sunset as we uh, celebrate this new year that God has given to us. So here's several things you can do to prepare for this new season. The first one I've listed here is ask the Holy Spirit to highlight what He revealed to you in the last seven years. In the last seven years as you're coming into this eighth year from this new beginning is to come out of the maturity of the past. So the Holy Spirit has been working in your life. The Holy Spirit has been revealing things to you. Maybe just to your spirit. Maybe your mind was obstinate. Maybe you weren't willing to embrace or think through or meditate on what the Holy Spirit was saying. But guess what? God loved you so much and He wanted to prepare you for this season so much that He was depositing things in your spirit, man, if you're born again, let me tell you what, if you're born again, you're spirit man, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, and the Holy Spirit has been depositing things. What we need to do between now and next Wednesday night, we need to take and ask, Holy Spirit, show me, highlight, highlight what you've revealed to me. I've been busy, I've missed some things. I know I'm looking more at the natural than the supernatural, but I'm asking you, uh, parakletos, which is the comforter, which is the one that comes alongside our weakness and brings His strength. He's the Holy Spirit. Ask Him to reveal 
to you, highlight what He has revealed to you so that when you go uh, going into this new year, you can be ready. And I would encourage you to, as you ask Him to define these things clearly, to write them down. And you say, well, maybe that's not the correct. Well, write it down in pencil. And then you can erase it and feel good about it, if it as you get more clarity. But just write it down. The practice of writing it down or typing it is just going to help you bring more clarity to it. And pray and ask God to manifest them to you. And let me tell you what, He will. Second thing is invite the Holy Spirit to convict you. Yes, to convict you. Conviction's not a bad thing. Conviction is someone on the side of the road telling us, if you don't slow down, when you go around this curve, the road is out, the bridge is out, and you're going to crash and be destroyed. They're doing everything to stop you. They may be even putting spikes out to flatten your tires. It may not seem uh, pleasant what they're doing, but what it's doing is trying to save your life. Conviction will save your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to convict you of any area or areas of your life where you have not been submitted to Him. Because as we move into this new season that God has for us, He is calling us for total surrender and submission to the guidance of His Holy Spirit. And if there are areas in your life that you have not been submitted, you need to deal with those or you'll carry the old into the new and you will mess it up. So ask the Holy Spirit to convict you. And guess what He will do? He will convict you. Do you say, well, is conviction fun? No. Probably you're going to feel pretty crummy when conviction comes, but it's definitely going to show you and help you deal with the areas of your life that have not been submitted to the Holy Spirit. Don't argue with Him. Don't argue with Him. He not only knows all the answers, He not only gets all the answers right, He wrote the question. He's God. So don't argue with the Holy Spirit. If He says, you've not been submitted to me in this area, then just don't argue. Say, yes, I have. What's wrong with you? You've not been paying attention. Who are you? Who do you think you are? He says, I'm God. Okay? You've not been submitted to me in these areas. Is there areas in your life you're still doing your own thing? How's it going for you? How's it going for you? God has an amazing life for you. The blessed life He has for you. Jesus says it's an abundant life He has for you, but you've got to be submitted to Him. Come on, say amen. amen. Don't make me feel too bad up here. Okay, number three, invite the Lord to increase His grace. His grace, His divine influence upon your life as you seek Him. Say, God, I want you to, to bring your divine influence over my life. I want, a, I want my words and I want my actions to help others around me. I want to be light. I don't want to be darkness. I don't want to be a part of the darkness. I want to be a part of the light. I want to be a part of the solution. I don't want to be a part of the problem. I want to be a part of the solution. I hear a word from the Lord for somebody right now that you feel like you're a problem person, a problem child or a problem uh, part of the family. And the devil says, you're the problem. Well, let me tell you what. The devil's the problem, and as long as you listen to the devil, he will, he will put place the blame on you. He's the one who'll hand you the can while he was drawing graffiti on the grocery store back wall, uh, back, and the police are coming, he'll hand you the can and run. And there you're left holding the can, looking like you're doing the graffiti, and they're putting handcuffs on you when it really was the devil, and he just handed you the can. You can't, you can't trust the devil. You can't believe a word he says. Every promise he makes, he's a liar. He's going to break it. 
So you need to say, what I want to do is I don't want to be a part of the problem, I want to be a part of the solution. So devil, I cut my ties with you right now. You're the problem, and, and God is the healer, and God is the deliverer, and God is the answer, so I'm turning to him, and I'm going to be part of light rather than darkness. So I would encourage you over this next week, uh, uh, and leading up to Yom Kippur, 10 days after Rosh Hashanah, uh, to take some time and plan some fasting during this time and pray until you are confident that you are clothed with greater grace for God because there's warfare in this new season. There's warfare, but we're not to be afraid of this warfare. We have a shield of faith that can quench the, every fiery dart of the enemy, and we have the authority over all the power of the enemy, so we're not to go in this the next season worried about that, but we need to go in it prepared to operate in the victory that God has already given us. Hallelujah. So I ask you to invite the Lord to increase His grace and His divine uh, influence over your life uh, as you seek Him, maybe in fasting and prayer and preparation for this. And then four, ask the Lord uh, for, uh, to quicken, if I could say it that way. Ask the Lord to quicken personal promises to you from the Word for this coming year uh, and for this next seven-year season that He has. Uh, he has made promises to you, and maybe you, you've forgotten those promises. Maybe you gave up on those promises. Maybe, maybe there was a promise that your child was going to serve the Lord, or there was a promise that you were going to have a, a bigger platform for, for uh, sharing the gospel without whatever. You would have a greater finances to help finance the kingdom of God. Whatever promises that has been made to you, Ask the Lord to quicken those personal promises to you, to help you be reminded of them so that you can step up on those promises and, and, and stand on the promises knowing that God is not a man that He should lie and all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So write these promises down, I would say, and meditate on them and confess them and and because the Word of God does not return void, but it accomplishes everything that it was sent to accomplish. Hallelujah. So if the Word of God is going to accomplish everything it was sent to accomplish, you need to get up on those promises that God has given you from His Word and stand on them. And then fifth, praise Him as you establish Him in the highest place in your life. In preparing for this Rosh Hashanah, preparing for this new season, praise is your weapon for great victories in the next seven years. Remember, Rosh Hashanah is the thermostat of when we set the temperature of what this next year is going to be like. Praise establishes a habitation of God's greatness in every area of your life. And that's why I say how exciting it is that this next week that uh, actually uh, we will be coming together uh, at, the, at the close of Rosh Hashanah going into the 10 days of awe into Yom Kippur with a David's tent uh, 26 hours rather than 24 hours time of praise and worship. If you have any wisdom at all, enough wisdom to fill a, a, a thimble, you, you would be here during this time not because God's going to check off the list and say, oh, he came, they came, or she came to the, uh, David's tabernacle and tent of praise. No, God says, I inhabit the praises of my people. Uh, inhabits Yashab. I move in in covenant power, covenant provision, and covenant presence. I move in, and what is mine is yours, and what is yours is mine. 
So he brings all the good stuff and all the bad stuff that you have. He can take it from you. Divine transition and transaction can take place. At that. So, so praise him as you establish him in the highest place of your life. That's what you would do in preparation for this new season so that you're already positioned and you're already in the right place and the Yashab habitation of God is with you through praise as you move into the days of this new year. Somebody say, praise God. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Praise his name. And then the sixth thing, sixth thing I have is spend time praying in the Spirit so that the mysteries can be birthed in your midst. Let me tell you what, there is more power available to us. There is more of the unseen realm, which is eternal, available to this temporary realm of the physical that, that, is, that, that, that can be a transition take place when we do what God told us to do. 1 Corinthians 14 and 4, he said, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So, so use praying in the Spirit and singing in the Spirit and, and speaking in the Spirit. The Bible says you get edified. Uh, that word, I, I've got it edified here, comes from this Greek word. And this Greek word here means to be built up from the foundation. It means to be established. It means if anything's broken, it is repaired. If anything is, is, is not functioning, it's restored and it's rebuilt. It also can be used to with the, uh, taking a battery and charging a battery. A battery doesn't have the power to start the engine, but you recharge that battery. Now it has power to get the engine going to get you to your destination. When we, when we pray in the Spirit, when we sing in the Spirit, when we speak in the Spirit, the Bible says that we, our spirit man, even though our brain is not profitable because we have no idea what we're saying, we have no idea what the Holy Spirit is saying, we don't understand this heavenly language, but our spirit man does, and the, and the Holy Spirit does, and there's a communication, and there is a collaboration, and there is a, a, a you might would say, strategizing takes place in the Spirit to bring it to the manifest of building you up, rebuilding you, fixing what is broken, strengthening you, charging your battery so that the engine of God can bring forth the power of God here on this earth. So I encourage you to spend time praying in the Spirit so that the mysteries can be birthed in your midst. And then number seven, ask God to give you a clear strategy for this new year. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. You may be missing it now. You may be spinning your wheels now. You may be going against the will of God now. But let me tell you what. Next Wednesday, as we prepare this week for next Wednesday, we have a God's New Year. It's not a January 1 Gregorian calendar New Year. We've got God's New Year for when God writes His books. Let us, between now and then, Ask God to give us a clear strategy for the next year. You are breathing because God put you here on purpose. He has a purpose for you. You are not here just to take up space. He has a destiny for you. And you say, well, I have no clue what it is. Well, He does. Ask Him to give you a clear strategy. And the strategy may be just getting you pointed in the right direction without all of the details. But as long as you start moving in the right direction, then you're going to find the details come to you as God wants them to be revealed to you. 
but make sure your life is being spent to bring glory and honor and praise to Him and that you're doing good rather than evil and that you're not working for Satan, you're working for God. And you, you say, well, I'm just on the sideline. There's no such thing. You either God, Jesus said you're either hot or cold. Lukewarmness makes the body sick, throw you up, can't have you a part of the body. So you've got to be hot or cold. So we want you to be hot for the Lord and ask God to give you some clear strategy. Write it down. Uh, James 2 and 26 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So you and I got to participate here. We got to do something in working with God so that uh, we're not just a corpse existing, just a corpse. We have life and life abundant. And then finally, I would encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh with His presence and His power each and every day that you might go forth in the fullness of His will, the fullness of His purpose, the fullness of His power, and with the fullness of His presence in your life. Ask the Holy Spirit every day, throughout the day, fill me, fill this cup, Lord. Remember that song? Fill this cup, Lord. Fill it up. Let it run over. Let it run over. I don't want to be stingy, Lord. I, I want you flowing through me. I want you an overflow of you in my life. Hallelujah. So ask the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh with His presence and His power every day. And you know what He'll do? He'll do just that. He is so desiring to be invited to do that. So that's why He says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Quench not what God by His Spirit wants to do. But say, yes, Lord, I want you to fill me afresh and anew as I prepare for a new season. This is a new day coming up. Brand new day. And God wants you to be ready. And He sent me here tonight to kind of be uh, a preliminary sounding of the trumpet to say, as the trumpet is sounding leading up to Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, get ready, get ready. God's got a new day, a new season, a higher high, next level, living for you. But you need to do some things as well. I've given you eight practical things that you can consider, and uh, these will be online for you. You can go back and review them. But I would encourage you over these next seven days, we gather here sundown next Wednesday night. The trumpet will be sounding in the heavenlies already. The ram's horn will be sounding many places here on this earth. In the spirit realm, there will be a sound, a sound off, because we're stepping into a new year, the year 5,778 that God has created us as mankind. So I close with this verse of Scripture again. Do not call to mind the former, the, the former things or ponder the things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Let's say that together. Behold, I will do something new. Come on, let's say it together. Behold, I will do something new. This is God. We're, we're quoting God here. Let's say it again. Behold, I will do something new. And now it will spring forth, he says. Will you not be aware of it? Well, if you heard Pastor Tim, I can tell you, you're aware of it. It's springing forth. This is Rosh Hashanah. This is Rosh Hashanah language right here. And he says, it's going to spring forth. I'll make a roadway for you in the wilderness. It may seem tight, may seem like there's no way you can come out of this jungle. He says, just get your eyes on me and I'll show you the road that I'm going to bring you out of this mess. Anybody here in a mess? 
your life's a mess, he says, turn your eyes to me. I'll show you a road out of this mess. And you say, well, my life is empty. My life is dry, parched. It's like a desert. And I can take care of that too. God says, I'm going to cause rivers to spring forth. Rivers in your desert. And it will become a beautiful oasis of my creation for you. Your life is going to the next level as long as you put your life in his hand. So the question tonight is, are you total, sur totally surrendered to him? Are there some areas that's not submitted to God, not submitted to the Holy Spirit? And you need to repent. Holy Spirit, convict us tonight. Show us, convict us of those areas, God, that we can humble ourselves before God and we can repent. We can ask God to forgive us. We can turn, change our mind and go the way of God rather than the way of the flesh. The way of the Spirit leads to life. The way of the flesh and the works of the flesh lead to death, the Scripture says. What do you want? Abundant life? Or do you want this torturous death that Satan wants to give you? I want the abundant life. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord God, we thank you for your word tonight, calling us, urging us, preparing us, teaching us, instructing us, opening our eyes to see this new season that you're bringing us into and that we might make preparation. Just like those in Houston and the surrounding area were told there's a storm coming, there's bad coming, get ready. You need to evacuate, you need to board up your homes, you need to take your pets, you need to get out of your houses and go to higher land. And in Florida, as Irma was coming in with that hurricane, and the same thing, you need to board up. And on the Key West, there was no safe high ground to go to. Get off of the Keys and get onto the mainland and, and find higher ground. Lord, as they heeded the warnings and prepared for that, lives were saved. Lives were saved. Lord God, we hear tonight not a warning, but, but a, a, an urging, a, a calling, an a, 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 a opportunity for blessing that we can prepare ourselves, Lord, for this new season, this new year that is about to take place. And if we will make preparation that, that we're, going to be, we're going to be raptured to another level, this may not be the rapture that takes us all the way to heaven, but you're going to rapture us up to another level. Hallelujah. Lord God, we want to be ready. We don't want to be holding on to the junk and the stuff that the devil's put on us and that the world has put on us and that life has put on us. So we shake it off now. We shake off the addictions. We shake off the bad attitudes. We shake off the evil spirits. Just like Paul when that viper, that snake latched hold of him, he shook it off into the fire. Lord, we shake off any and everything that is not appropriate for this new season, for this new year. We don't want to take it with us, Lord God. We don't want to take our apathy. We don't want to take our excuses. We don't want to take the, the reasons that we've found why we don't do what you've called us to do. We don't, want to, we don't want to take with us the attitudes that have been against you and the authorities you put over us, Lord. We don't want to take, Lord God, the distrust. And we don't want to take with you the vile words that have come out of our mouths. And we don't want to take with us the addictions and the things that, that corrupt and cause us so much trouble and so much pain. We shake it off in the name of Jesus I pray right now you would shake it off standing here in the presence of God standing here with the, the Holy Ghost of God ministering to you right now say God I shake it off I repent I shake it off I repent I am not 
Well, I'm changing my mind. I'm not carrying this stuff forward. I'm not carrying this into the new year. I'm not, I'm not going to continue to do the ways of the old and expect something to change. The stuff is wrong. It's wrong. I shake it off in the name of Jesus. God, forgive me. Just ask the Lord to forgive you right now. God is a God of grace. And God is a God of mercy. His grace is that He'll give you good which you do not deserve. And His mercy is He'll withhold from you bad which you deserve. We need the grace and the mercy of God. Lord, we thank You that You're a God of mercy and a God of grace. Lord, help me now as I turn I turn from that which is wrong. I turn from that which is in darkness. I turn from that which is not good. And I turn to you. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, for those I've hurt. Forgive me, Lord, for the years that I've wasted. Just ask him now. Forgive me, God. Help me, God, to be freed up from that forevermore. I turn my back on the world and I turn my face towards you, God. That now as I live in this world, I'll be a representation of you. Your love, your mercy, your grace, your goodness, your kindness, your righteousness. Fill me, Lord, with your presence. Just ask me. Everything I'm letting go, God, I need to, re- I need to fill that emptiness with you now. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Just say that. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Come in and fill every empty part, every dry part, every part in me. Fill me now that I can be prepared to step into this new season, into this new day, into this new year, to go to this next level. This next level that's so exciting, so gracious, so wonderful, so amazing that you've prepared for me that I can do it, Lord God, without any hindrance. I pray. Just tell him, Lord, you know, the best thing you can do is call Jesus your Lord. Knowing every time you say, Lord Jesus, meaning I surrender to you. I'm submitted to your authority. Because the Lord, when someone Lord is Lord over you, they rule over you. Say, Jesus, I want you to rule over me. You want good for me so much so that while I was stuck in bad, you came and died for me to get me out of the bad into the good. Now, I can trust you to rule over my life because you want nothing but good for my life. So I surrender to your Lordship. I call you Lord. The Bible says everyone who will confess that Jesus Christ is their Lord and believe in their heart that God has raised them from the dead. Sozo, salvation, sozo, wholeness, salvation, healing, deliverance, all is available to you. Hallelujah! And in what, in and through what Jesus Christ has already done. So we confess, Jesus, you're my Lord. Will you do that now? Jesus, Jesus, you're my Lord. I believe God's raised you from the dead. You are alive. Come live in me. Live through me. Fill me with your spirit. Your spirit that brings power and wisdom and anointing that I might be used of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray now as we go into this week, Lord, these next seven days that brings us back to this time when we'll actually be celebrating in this new year. 
Lord, I pray as we go with this instruction from you, I believe tonight, and, and, we, and we act on this instruction, it's going to prepare us. I just thank you for the blessing in advance. I thank you for the next level, the increase, the promotion. I thank you, God, for what's coming to your, your, your body. I just thank you in advance. And I just pray, God, that you protect us. Lord God, you would guide us and direct us by your Spirit and help us to stay on the straight and narrow that we might bring glory and honor to you. Bless each and every one we pray as we go now in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together.